Hey y'all, it's your girl Anisha and welcome to the last episode of Your Realist Homegirl. I know, I know, I've been slacking, y'all ain't been hearing from me, but truth is, I've just taken on more than I can chew and I just can't continue to do the podcast, guys. I know that you love it. I, I know that you get, I give good content, people get things from it, but <laughs> April Fool's, I got y'all, didn't I? I? I was sounding real sad, real depressed. Y'all, I ain't going nowhere. Y'all ain't gonna get rid of me. Welcome to April Fool's edition of Your Realist Homegirl. You thought I was gone? Nah, I'm back, B. Nah, I'm back, B. Yeah, you missed me. Matter of fact. I'm back, y'all. Where have I been? Where in the world has Carmen San Diego been? Don't worry about me. Worry about your mama. I've been out here trying to get self together. For real, though, that's really what I've been doing. I have really... So, okay. So, this year, I said that I was going to get myself together. And that's what I thought I was doing. But then I took... A moment, stepped back, reevaluated my life, and I was like, Yeah, girl, that's not what you're doing. You're not getting yourself together. And I wasn't. And so I had to just check myself. I had to really check myself. I was like, Boo, what are we doing? We had goals, we had dreams, aspirations. Why are we not reaching any of these? Why are we not achieving any of these? So. I had to step back. This week I've lost four pounds. <laughs> Hair flip. Hair flip. You know what I'm saying? Drinking water. Okay. Being being nourished, flourished, whatever. All the issues. I've been them. Okay. I've been them. I've been out here thriving and not surviving. Okay. We put that on a shirt. We need that on a shirt, honey. Thriving and not surviving. I don't know who's going to put that on the shirt, but somebody, y'all go do that. Okay, so let's just dive in it because you've mi- you've been missing it. Word on the street is, y'all been looking for me. Some of y'all been threatening me to put out an episode. It's here. It's here and y'all, and all of y'all better listen to it. Okay. Uh, like share subscribe okay we're on all streaming platforms link in the bio on the ig at your realist homegirl i'm about to i'm plugging myself before we even dive into this episode because y'all been asking for it and y'all better promote it free marketing anyway (laughs) i'm so foolish so diving into the nursing segment of this week so to share some real personal experiences um not in my nursing career but in my nursing school career so I feel like a lot of times um nurses will give some advice to nursing students or share something but a lot of times we share stuff about our current experiences or like you know, experiences during practice and not actual nursing school. And sometimes the things that 
you learn and do in nursing school, even though we're like, oh, I never, nothing, they didn't prepare me for anything. I didn't learn anything. No, you, you learned some things. It, a bulk of it, I will say is on the job training, but you still learn really good foundational things in nursing school. Um, so I want to share with three patient experiences that defined my nursing school experience. So, um, my very first patient was this older, um, lady. I was on the ortho floor and I, I don't know. She was probably like a knee replacement. I feel like all old people are a total knee. That's just what they are. So (laughs) I feel like that's what she was. Don't quote me. Mabel, if you out there listening, that's not, that won't her name, HIPAA. Hmm. You ain't about to catch me slipping. Um, but so, you know, I walk in there. Hey, my name's Anisha. I'm going to be your student nurse today. And she's like, oh, hey. So, I mean, most of the shift, really all I did was take her to the bathroom and get her back in bed. That was probably the bulk of my shift. Um, but it wasn't what I did. It was really just how grateful she was. And at the end of the day, I was like, you know, I'm about to leave. You know, thank you for letting me take care of you today. And she was like, honey, I just want to let you know that this nursing thing is something you got to be made for. And some people are made for it, honey. And you're one of those people. And I was like, girl, me, little me. Stop, Mabel, girl. Say it again, though. I was just like, I was so hyped about that, y'all. I was like, oh, this little lady said that I was made to be a nurse and it's only my first day. I was real hype about it. But I really was like, it's just like when you walk into your purpose, there's a certain feeling that you get. And I felt that day. I was just like, yeah, this is it. This, this is the purpose. I was supposed to do things like that. Thank you for solidifying that today, Mabel. So my second experience wasn't, was a little, okay, so I feel like these experiences are going to be in stages. So, you know, the first one's a little mild, milder, this one's a little deeper. So I was first, well, a little, little backstory. So in nursing school, we go look up things on our patient the night before. Well, the afternoon before. And then we go home and we stress about it all night and look up every single thing that we have to know about this, that, and the third and all these medicines. And then we come in at 5 o'clock in the morning looking half dead because we've been up all night stressed about this. So I go to get my patient assignment and we're on the oncology floor. And, you know, I go look up my patient and he's comfort care. And I'm like, uh... So I go to ask the nurse that's taking care of him about my patient. And she was like, yeah, honey, I don't know if he's going to make it through the night. I don't know if your teacher meant y'all excuse my glade because she was right rude interrupting us. Dang, blowing behind my, my head, this lovely fragrance anyway. So she was like, I don't know if your teacher meant to give you him. And so I'm just sitting here with like, well, dang okay um so then I text my teacher and I'm like boop 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 um hey homegirl uh did you mean to give me this patient you know I didn't call her homegirl you know I said 
her by her name. But anyway, did you mean to give me this patient? And she was like, yes. And I was like, okay. Cause the nurse just said she didn't know if he was going to make it through the night. And then she was like, um, yes, I'm aware. And she was like, Anisha, you got this. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like, Ooh, <laughs> you put a lot, you put a lot of, a lot of belief in me, girl. I don't know if I can take care of somebody that's actively dying, honey. In nursing school, I, yeah, I just, my whole time I had preparing this patient, you know, telling my friends, I was like, y'all, this man cannot die. This man cannot die. This man cannot die. I was just like, this man cannot die while I'm taking care of him. And so I get there and basically the whole day, um, I'm pushing morphine to make him comfortable. Um, which if you didn't know in actively dying patients, sometimes narcotics can be the thing that push them over to go and see Jesus. So when I tell y'all, I now, you know, in practice now, I don't push morphine that slow. I don't push it fast though. Um, you don't need to push things like that fast because people, they will throw up on you. They will get this whooshing feeling of a headache sometimes because of the vessels dilating. Like just, just push the narcotics slow. Okay. If you want to, if you want to get high, get high in the streets. Okay. I'm trying to help your pain. I'm not trying to give you this. Ooh. Okay. Do that out in the alley. Anyway. So. I'm pushing, I promise to you, I probably pushed the morphine over like five or six minutes. I was just like, nope, not gonna, I'm not gonna be the one that kills this man, even though he's actually dying, so I'm not killing him. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's gonna go anyway. I mean, if I give him the narcotic, that's fine, and it makes him go, but I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I have to push this so slow, I have to push this so slow, I have to push this so slow, um, and so... The transport comes to take him to hospice and he's still alive. Yay! <laughs> we saved him. <laughs> we kept him alive, okay? Because that is my motto. Um, stay alive until what? 6.45. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. Just a little, little nugget out there. Um, so, he stayed alive and his sister was at the bedside all day long like watching me like a hawk like oh he looks uncomfortable i need to do this that and the third all the things okay cool um i thought she didn't like me or didn't like the idea that a student was taking care of her brother i don't know i just felt this vibe like she didn't like me but at the end she gave me the biggest hug and like i felt like she just released into me because she just started crying and she was just like, I just want to thank you for everything you did for my brother today. Um, it didn't go unnoticed and I really appreciate it. And, you know, I give her like these awkward couple pats on the back, which if you don't know this about me, I'm always, even though I was an oncology nurse, I've done seen my fair share of people pass. I am always going to be this little, it's okay, honey. Like this awkward little the hugs that I be giving, I feel like they can just tell the awkwardness in my hugs. So I'm not really a hugger. I'm more like a, like a pat on the shoulder type. Like, 
you know, you got this girl. Go girl. I'm more of an encourager, you know? Not, yeah, I'm more of an encourager. If if you're going through something, I'm more of the, well, my patients find out they have cancer and I'm like, all right, you want to fight this? Because we can do it. Let's do it. I'm one of those. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got out the bed in five days. Let's go. Let's do it. We, we can't sit in the bed. I'm one of those. But I was just like so touched because I really felt her emotions in that hug. And I was just like, I'm so glad. Like her brother could leave the hospital today and die. And I knew that I did everything I could for him. And I really put effort into providing care for him. Um, my last experience was a real eye opener. So, um, in my nursing practicum and those of you who, you know, don't know about the nursing world or school or any of that stuff like that. So nursing practicum is just like, um, a specialty that you want to be in. You pick a specialty and you're there for your clinicals for a good majority. Like we're working full shifts right beside a nurse getting you prepared to, you know, be out in the world and take on a full patient load. So I'm doing my practicum on the mother baby unit and we get floated to peds. Well, we get floated to peds. They didn't really need us. Um, we were kind of just tasking, doing little things. So the ED, the emergency department calls upstairs and is like, Hey, do y'all have clothes? Maybe to fit like a two year old. Um, and make sure you bring a hat or like a toboggan or something. So me and my preceptor are like, okay. And they're like, oh, and bring it to the morgue. So I'm like the morgue. And so me and my preceptor are digging through, we get the clothes. So it is, um, a father and a son that arrived to the hospital DOA, um, dead on arrival and it was a really bad accident. Um, the, I don't know if the kid, I'm pretty sure the kid was ejected and, uh, possibly flew into an object. I don't know. So we go down there, the door opens, like we open the door of the morgue. And the first thing I see is maybe, a maybe he was three year old with a hole in his head. And they are packing the hole with gauze so we can put the hat that we brought on it. When I tell you, like, I'm one of those people, I don't think that I have ever cried about a patient. I get close to people um, and, you know, things sadden me. And everybody was just like, oh, you're going to cry when you get to the house after seeing that. And I never did. But what it made me realize is, you know, this is, this is definitely not all rainbows and sunshine. And, you know, don't take anything for granted. I mean, because this dad and his son were just walk, you know what I'm saying? Just driving home, uh, driving to meet the rest of the family and boom. And now we're in the morgue packing the, the little kids, the toddler's head. So it was just very like bone chilling. Oh my gosh. Like this is what I signed up for. Okay. 
okay. And my preceptor was just like, after we left, she was like, I'm so sorry you had to see that, but I want to let you know that you were very professional. She said you were very helpful and you handled it very well. And um, even she was tearing up a little bit about the whole thing um, because the family was upstairs and, you know, we heard that the mom was just destroyed. Um, and it really was just, it was a lot to be a nursing student. I was just like, okay. And I went to school and told them like my professor and stuff about it. And she was like, oh my gosh. And she was like, but you really did. You handled it very well. Ooh, she must have not known on the inside, honey. I was just like, ooh. <laughs> just a little, <laughs> a little shaking for a little bit. I was like, oh my God. Anyway, moving on. Uh, this week, I'm not going to talk about raising these kids. I want to continue on with the nursing piece just to tell y'all... <laughs> Sis is now fully vaccinated. I know I was supposed to give y'all the update. But so let me tell you about the organization that I work for. So they only vaccinate us on our campus of God knows how many people work there. Okay. Thousands of people work there. And they only vaccinate us one day a week. And you got to sign up and have an appointment. You just can't show up. And so I went to try to sign up two weeks in a row and it was booked. Okay, so I was two weeks past my date. I got the Moderna. Um, The first shot, I was fine. Um, So I go to get my second shot. Um, I got it on a Friday and I worked the two days after that. Um, and first of all, the line, honey, I probably got vaccinated with maybe 200 other folks. The line was ridiculous. And I was like, oh my. And I had an appointment and the line looked like this. Mm -mm, I didn't like that. But anyway, um, the only side effect I can say is I, (coughs) I had, um, just a lot of soreness. I think. I want to say, I was trying to say that it gave me this cough, but I really think it's just, it was when I was wearing a mask. I feel like, I mean, I just coughed just now and y'all are probably like, hell for you lying. But I really do think it was just the mask. I don't know. I had a dry cough for a hot second, which I didn't record an episode for a good little bit because your girl was down sick. Okay. I had to get COVID tested. It was negative. But I was feeling rough and I sounded rough. And I'm one of those people, when you get sick, my voice is the first thing to go and the last thing to come back. I was walking around here sounding like Luther Vandross, Smokey Robinson. I was sounding like somebody that want me, honey. And it was, it was not cute. I did not like it. And I was not trying to record myself talking to anybody sounding like that. But um, no feelings of like, overwhelming tiredness no fevers aches chills none of that jazz so if you are not vaccinated um i would suggest going to get vaccinated you know everything isn't for everybody but i mean this is this is our reality now and i you know the vaccine isn't a hundred percent proof but 
I just feel like if it's something out there that you can get that can prevent you from being hospitalized or, you know, because it, the same concept as the flu shot, you can get the flu shot every year and still get the flu. However, you know, if you get the flu, it's not as bad. And I would rather be down bad with Corona for a few days than down bad with Corona on event. That's all I'm saying. Um, I also want to, the world is opening back up and I don't want to be in those Corona numbers when the, the world opens back up. I want to be on the other side of it. Okay. Cause your girl's trying to go to Tulum in July and Ooh, I'm just trying, mm, just trying to live my best life in Tulum. I'm going to tell y'all all about it. I might take y'all with me. I might do a podcast in Tulum y'all. Ooh, look at me giving out gems on the air. Y'all ain't hear it. You heard it here first, but you didn't hear it. Um, but yeah, if you haven't got the vaccine, you have reservations about it for certain things, you know, message me on Instagram. Let's talk about it. Let's have a little chit chat about it because you ain't got to be out here in these streets scared. I got you, sis. I got you. It's going to be okay. Um, so moving on with dating these millennial men, uh, this week I want to talk about romance. So on my Instagram, your realist homegirl, I had asked, um, what's the most romantic thing you've ever done for a partner? And... Y'all was a little shy. I should have said that y'all could have DM'd me. Because, I mean, y'all could have DM'd me. It would have been fine. Anyway. So, I'm going to shout out the Blink Date. Um, They shared their most romantic thing. And this is what they wrote. My partner and I do crosswords when we travel. We like to find a nice cafe, get a pastry and drinks, and relax over crosswords. On one trip, I surprised my partner with a personalized crossword puzzle. The words and hints were things throughout our relationship. It was so much fun to do the crossword. It felt so much more special. Oh my God, y'all. When I read this, I was like, uh, melt? I am melted in a whole puddle. That was so sweet. I just loved it. It was so sweet. Um, and see... I'm not going to hold you. Millennial men suck at romance. I mean, I'm not saying all y'all suck, but who child? A lot of y'all do. A lot of y'all do. And you know what? Maybe it's because you didn't see romance, you know, as a child. Because I don't really feel like I saw a lot of romance as a child. I feel like, you know, my parents... I think it's a really hard to be, you know, see romance or view something as romance. I think maybe my mother's love language is um, acts of service. I think that's the love language term, acts of service. I don't know. Mine is the same thing. I clean clean up the house and I didn't ask you to when I come home and the house is clean and it smells nice oh holly 
Hallelujah. I take take me to the king. That's what I like. I remember one time um I was talking to this guy and he had a key to my apartment, you know, for emergencies. And you know, you got to trust somebody if they got a key to your apartment. That's all I'm saying. Um, for emergencies and I come home first of all he didn't tell me he was doing this and he's also the one that has done the other most romantic thing for me in my life um but I see my lights on and I'm just like what in the world and I walk in and when I tell you the state in which my apartment was in before he got there was embarrassing like the thought that he saw how disgusting my apartment looked before because I was in school. I was I was in grad school at UNC Charlotte. I was battling major depression. And I don't know if it could have been a little bit of postpartum because I had my daughter um, my first semester, like right at the end of my first semester there. But then also I just felt really unhappy in the program. So I just had a lot of stuff going on. But so my house looked crazy. And I walk in stressed from school. I was probably at the library and came. And my house was spotless. And it smelled amazing. And all I could do was sit down at my desk and like cry. And I was just like, oh my God, thank you so much. I just felt a release in that moment. And sometimes romance is that giving your partner the opportunity to just relax and, and be free in the moment. There's so much outside turmoil and things going on that weigh in on a person and being able to just dump all of that in your space and let go and be free is such a great feeling when romance can create that that's optimal okay that is optimal to me um I'm not going to tell you the other most romantic thing that I mean I feel like they go hand in hand neck and neck but I'm not going to share it you know (laughs) maybe later on that on that premium podcast okay when we get to the premium, I'll let you know. Okay. I just did a little air shot to y'all. But I will tell you the most romantic thing that I have done for a guy. And one thing about romance, it doesn't have to be a lot. Being thoughtful, I think it's really important. Because right now, you know, there's a lot of things going on. Even though we done got about eight STEMIs, you know, times are still hard for people and money doesn't go as far as it used to. So you don't have to put all this, all this money and all these lavish gifts, something so small listening. Woo! Word for the day. Listening. Listen. All the things. Listened. (laughs) All. All versions of the word is the word for today. Listening gets you so far. So I was talking to this guy and he will always talk about um, how at work he, oh, I can't wait till I go on break so I can eat me some dry roasted peanuts. And he was all about these dry roasted peanuts. Um, And then one day 
I was going back home and I stopped at this corner store. I don't know if y'all remember, um, in the, I guess elementary school too, just the school days, they used to have these little breakfast donuts. I think they were called super donuts in a little package. Them things would be a little warm. Whew. You eat one of, you eat one of them in the morning with some juice. That thing was on point. And I stopped at a little corner store just to, I think to get something to drink. I saw those donuts and I told him, he was like, oh my gosh, like that's crazy. Like I would love to have one of those. So I got like a bunch. Um, and we always talk about playing cards together. Um, we never did, but like he was an avid card player. So I got a stack of cards. I mean, like a case of cards and I put in the cards, uh, a paper and, um, it was cause you know, 52 cards in a deck and it was 52 reasons I like you. And I can't remember what the last thing was in the basket, but then I cooked for him. Um, you know, and I had, you know, the apartment looked nice or whatever. Um, but he was just like, oh my gosh, like, this is so nice. This is just like so much thought into this. You just like really listen. And I think that's the thing about romance is the, just putting thought behind something is really the key to romance. And maybe if, if millennials would just realize that I think there will be a lot more romance going on, but I want to share, um, this article that I saw on Oprah daily talked about the, what was it? The seven ways to be more romantic. So the first way, yes, seven thoughtful ways to be more romantic. So the first thing is to first put in the work for yourself. Um, so I told y'all that right now I'm working on self and it's just the mentality that a happy person will make their partner happy too. And you know, if you're dealing with all this other stuff behind, like, I feel like I can't enter into a relationship when I'm just really trying to get myself together. Because if you bring that depression, if you bring that anxiety, if you bring that self doubt, all of those things into your relationship, you're giving the you're giving that off. You're projecting that onto someone else, and that's not making a happy environment. And what did we talk about? About don't be toxic, okay? Work on your toxic traits, recognize them, do the work, and move around, okay? Second thing, plan a fun activity once a week. So you know it doesn't have to be big. It's not like oh my gosh, we got to go skydiving every. Tuesday, you know, just try a new cooking class. Maybe one evening, uh, I think this is so cute when people have like outdoor, um, movie dates where you like project onto your house or project onto like a sheet somewhere. Like I think stuff like that's cool. Just do one small thing a week. It might even be y'all don't never sit at the table together. Y'all sit down and watch, you know, eat food in front of the TV, sit down and look at each other in the eyes. Light a little candle at the table. Make it cute. Um, third thing, celebrate even the smallest successes. So, 
no one wants to be with someone that doesn't celebrate their achievements because that celebration kind of gives you a little, you know, small mark of validation. I'm not saying, you know, find your worth in what other people think, but you want your partner to acknowledge what you've been doing. You know, I said I lost four pounds this week and that might not be a lot to some people, but honey, I was hungry for them four pounds. Okay. And if I told my partner, Hey babe, I lost four pounds this week. I want him to be like, yes, girl. Well, I mean, he ain't got to say it like that, but he'd be like, you know, good job, babe. Like keep up the good work. Let's, let's push to do five next week or something like that. Like you want someone that celebrates you, but also motivates you as well. Um, next thing is revisit or get to writing those vows. Okay. So, you know, everybody ain't married. And it's not necessarily about vows, but looking at the promises or the expectations that you brought into your relationship and re-acknowledging those things, re-acknowledging what, what sparked this and just looking at that and be like, wow, like this is, this is where I love started. And this is where it's at. acknowledging your growth in love. Next one, think of creative new points of conversation. So a really helpful tip. Um, I can't think of the exact name of it and there's probably a few, but now they make like little card games geared towards relationships where and when I find it I'll put it on my Instagram story or I will um share it in a post um but I'll probably just put it on my story I won't share it until I actually like you know play it but those games I will say with the little questions that you ask your partner those are great ways of seeing where y'all stand um in what you want in life because you know humans are evolving creatures. We're always changing. We're always doing something new. So, you know, how you feel a year ago might not be how you feel now about certain things. And a lot of times couples don't revisit those important topics and little card games like that are really uh, helpful. They really are. Um, next thing is befriend of other couples. So, Sometimes this is hard to do, um, but because I feel like there's now four personalities that you're kind of trying to get to mesh. And sometimes it's the guys are really cool, but the girls like, uh, but you know, it might take a little work to find your, your couple match, you know, people that you really mesh with well, but it's really good because especially if they have a healthy relationship. It's really good to see another, you know, couple your age having a healthy relationship, how that looks and y'all going and doing things together and maybe even talking about, you know, you ain't got to put all your business out on front street, but you know, just talking about coupley things because, you know, my perspective, even though people love to, to shoot down the, the single friend that ain't got no man that's trying to give you advice. First of all, 
your your single friend that ain't got no man that's trying to give you advice, she might be single because I done been there, done that. Okay, I'm not trying to tell you about you and your relationship. I'm just trying to tell you about you and your worth. Anyway, move around. Um, Befriend other couples. Last thing, regularly tell your partner that you love them. Um, I think sometimes that's hard, especially black millennial men. I will say that. And it, it has a lot to do about upbringings, I feel like. But I feel like not a lot of black men saw black fathers say I love you. And even looking back at my dad, like I know my dad loves me. But it's not like he said it all the time. And, you know, sometimes hearing it is very important. Expressing that gratitude for someone that doesn't cost a lot. It costs nothing at all. It's free. I love you, babe. All right. Bye, babe. I love you. Have a nice day. Like, just just say it. Text it. We text everything. Text it. That's fine. But sometimes you got to say it out your mouth. Um, I know I went over the usual a lot of times that I give myself. But y'all have missed me okay on this podcast i hope that you've got something from it this week um honey and i will i promise to y'all that i will be more consistent my i mean looking at my vision board the word of the year was consistency and it's march and i'm slacking well it's april now and i'm slacking so you know if i haven't put out a podcast in a while Even though I be rolling my eyes, you can still get on me and be like, Anisha, where's the content? Come on now, sis. Let me know. Let your realest homegirl know, okay? Um, Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at your realest homegirl. Link is in my bio for the podcast. Share it. Share the the post. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for all that have been sharing and been asking about it and been telling people. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to me. Uh, leave a review about the podcast. Let's just, we're, we're going up from here. Okay. We're going up from here. So thank you for another week with your realest homegirl.